All right, here we go. Welcome to Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast. Uh, we are an official Apple podcast, uh, sponsored by the Westport Library and the Quick Center for the Arts. And my name is Migs Burroughs. And I'm Trace Burroughs. And uh, if you like the show today, write a review and tell a friend. Today we have on our show Dee Wallace, who has done the hundreds and hundreds of <laughs> TV shows. And I don't know if you're, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you weren't in my radar until I saw E.T. And you played the mom, Elliot's mom on E.T. And then I see in IMDb that you did like 30 things before you even did that. Oh, yeah. And now you're a book author. You have five books. You speak, six. You, six. Six. Six now. Yeah. You speak around the world about... Um, finding your uh, art of this self-creation. And, I, and I'm yep. really curious. I l- would like to learn more about that. From my Good. Own. <laughs> yeah. I um, like to talk a lot about it. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Well, people need that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do, do you want to go start right in with that? What yeah, is, sure. What is um, well, self-creation? You know, uh, most of us spend our time blaming somebody or something else for why we can't be who we are. And uh, as long as we keep telling those stories, we keep living those stories and we never create the lives we want. So we were given free will. We all know that. Um, We also learned in fifth grade that everything's energy. Energy's neutral. There's not good energy or bad energy. Energy is neutral. But energy must be directed or it will get its direction from anything that um, our conscious or subconscious puts our focus on. Like in an hour of TV, for example, you can see 50 commercials that will tell you what disease you're probably going to get Um, a number of symptoms, it could be anything, the pill that you need to order right now that's probably going to give you a lot of side effects while they are showing you pictures of happy families and dogs. Yeah. (laughs) So what your brain does is your brain says, oh, I see being sick makes me happy. And if you're not conscious about the thoughts and the feelings that you're putting out into the world, you keep getting back the unconscious reality of what that is. So our hearts are electrical. They measure them through electrocardiograms. Our brains are electrical. They measure them through electroencephalograms. Every thought, every feeling we have shoots out an electrical frequency, which goes out into an electromagnetic world. So if we're shooting out negative things, the universe is looking for a match to that, magnetizes to it, and sends it back to you. If you're sending out positive things, the universe is looking for a match to that and sends it back to you. And that's how you create your life the way you want it or a life of quiet desperation. Oh, that's a great 
explanation of that. Um, I just have, uh, you know, the, it's used, I mean, you say it in your, I saw YouTube, your, your TED talk and some other things you've done. Mm-hmm. And this concept of, you know, loving yourself, which is a, which is what I, sounds naive. I don't know really what that means. I think I'm a good person, but you know, I've been selfish. I've been greedy. I've been mean to people probably some without even knowing it, maybe. Okay. Can you love yourself anyway? I don't know. How do you, what does that mean? I mean, love tends to be a hug. You know, you think of love as a big, give yourself a big hug. Yeah, no, love's not something you get. Love is something you are. Okay. It is literally the frequency of who you are. Now, that's not saying that sometimes, you know, in the physical experience, we can all be a-holes, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we are right. at I mean, times. Um, and the great challenge is to love and honor and accept yourself and know that you're doing the best you can and give yourself a break, just like you would with anybody else that you really love, mm. right? So let's let's take a two-year-old toddler. And you say, don't you touch that TV. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes right over and touches the TV because the brain thinks in pictures, right? You're not going to hate him. You're not going to judge him the rest of his life, Mm. you know, because you love that child unconditionally. Go to your pet. Do you guys have pets? Yeah, I do. Okay. That's my love place. I teach everybody to find their love place. So let's just do it right now. A love place is anything that as soon as you think about it, you're, you smile and your heart opens. So for me, it's my dog or Hawaii. So find a love place. Yeah. Oh, my cat. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you know how to love whatever that love place is, you know how to love yourself. You're just taught not to. And that's the big challenge we're all in today, is from the beginning of time, we have been taught that it's braggadocious and God doesn't love us and everybody's going to judge us if we really love who we are. Right? Yeah, it's like, who am I? Yeah, it sounds almost like a Jesus complex. How, how, I'm not, you know, there's only one Jesus if you believe in that concept, but so who am I? I'm not perfect. So, yeah. But well, I, yeah, yeah, but I, in the Bible, what's the first thing? God is what? Love. Forgiveness and love. Yeah. But so, yeah, I love and my in cat. The book, it says, think only on these things love and joy and peace, right? Brain science says whatever you focus on, you create more of. So if you want to be more love and you want more love in your life, which, by the way, is the greatest tool of creation we have. Mm. Mm. People are trying to get love instead of being the frequency of love 
which creates everything. You want money? You better love money. You want health? You better love your body. No matter what's going on with it now, because the mental mind will go, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, right? But your heart, your heart doesn't argue. And that's why when you can attach the power of love, and I'm talking in a scientific way, they've proven this. Mm. <clears throat> you can find studies at the HeartMath Institute, Bruce Lipton, Joe Dispenza. All There's a lot of scientists now that literally have been able to weigh the power of love in creation. I have a sort of, this is a nutty thought, but okay, so people have intrusive thoughts. And let's say you put on, you have a bad thought, like a negative thought. Yeah. And you throw it out there. Can you call that back? Like before it, you says you said that it reaches, when you have good thoughts, it's come back to you or bad thoughts, same thing. So let's say if I have a bad thought, I didn't mean to have it, but like something's wrong with me. And <laughs> I, I send it out, send it, send it out. And I go, that was bad. That's a bad thought. I no, want to get it back yeah, in I, it gets absorbed into the world. Can you do that? Can you Absolutely. You, again, you are in charge of directing the energy. Yeah. So when I find... This is what I do because it makes me laugh. And when you laugh, you're disengaged, right? And you're back to the zero point. So when I, let's say, um, uh, oh my God, you know, I'm afraid I'm gonna die early. And I go, well, that was an interesting thought. That's kind of a thought that's taking you into the toilet, isn't it, Dee? You know, so you got a choice now. Do you want to flush the toilet or do you want to crawl out and pick uh, a thought that matches what you want? And by that time, I'm going, well, I think I'll crawl out of the toilet, you know, and say I am creating perfect, beautiful, vibrant health now and consistently. That's what I want. And that's the direction I'm sending out. That's great. I mean, well, we'd be, I'd be scolded if I didn't ask because you look amazing. You look like you're, I mean, I hate to put ages on it, but in your thirties, I mean, you're just, a, what oh is your, what God, is your, marry me now. now what is your health? <laughs> what is your health regimen? I mean, that's part of it. Part of it is good vibrations, but a it, lot of it, a lot of it, because when you release or redirect the anger, the judgment, the fear, from your energetic body, your energy goes like this. You think that comes? I do look pretty good. Of course, I have great lighting too. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, but I'm 73. Okay. I know. No way. And I've done I've done four films since the beginning of January, um, along with my private sessions and my Sunday show that I do every week. You know, I. I love everything I do, so I am blessed with abundant amount of energy. Yes, I power walk with my dog every day. A um, couple of times a week, I will work out with a trainer if I can get there with my shooting schedule. 
And I eat well. I eat. Um, I don't eat processed foods. Uh, but I'm I'm not a crazy nut about it. I'm not a vegan or any of that. You know, maybe we'll have meat once every two weeks. I'm from Kansas. Every <laughs> yeah. once in a All while, I gotta have good. a good steak. Yeah, <laughs> um, and vegetables, fresh vegetables and fruit, and uh, yeah, it's just everything that we know you know, common sense stuff, but anything that's processed, we, we know this, we read about it all the time. Doesn't give you any nutrients. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they say so much of it is your thinking. Mm -hmm. So how do, what would your suggestion be to a person who's very bitter? Let's say they've had some bad things happen in their life, maybe recently or whenever, you know, who hasn't right. And, and I'm, I mean, that's the first thing I would ask them is why do you want to keep using this to mm-hmm. hold yourself back? Why do you want to keep using this as an excuse not to be who you can be? What about mourning? Like someone's mourning a death of someone and, and they get like, it's hard to, after that, you know, you're starting to think of memories and, and of course that brings, you're going to get to a point. How do you get out of regrets and think of it as like, it's all part of life. There's no reason why it has to be, you know, a negative thing because we're kind of taught that it is a negative thing, but it is part of our existence. Um, yeah. Haven't they ever seen the Lion King? <laughs> <laughs> The circle of life. <laughs> and regret- you know, I can tell you, uh, I can tell you from working with a lot of mediums and information that my own channel has given me, nobody leaves without choice. We will never understand it, but when the time comes, and from what I understand, there's four or five portals that you can choose. But nobody leaves without choice. And our job is to honor that choice. And, you know, again, if we love ourselves, are we going to keep whipping ourselves about what happened in that lifetime? I I do tell all the clients that I work with, Complete things now instead of wishing you had completed them when somebody's gone. I've lost three friends this year, young friends. Um, People are leaving in greater numbers than ever before. They just didn't sign up for all this change that is happening in our world. That is part of us moving forward. But change scares people. And taking responsibility for their own life scares people. Yeah. Um, The first thing we do when we go in fear is we go like this. And we shut our hearts and we shut our chakras, which keeps the energy from flowing. And we get more fearful and more shut down. You want to always encourage yourself, direct yourself to open your heart and open your chakras. So then the energy can can move. But 
everybody that I've talked to on the other side, including a lot of people in my family, um, they all say uh, through me, through John Edward, through other people I've worked with, we're happy. We're free. Once we leave that body, we're free. We just go back into the energy. Our wish for you is that you be happy while you're in embodiment. Mm. And go on and create the happiest life you can. That's what we want. But we're taught to, oh, me copa, me copa, me, you know, mm -hmm. that that's, that's honoring all the people that have left. We interviewed uh, one of the founders of the rock group Yardbirds, um, and he he's communicated with his late wife, his late, I think his name, her name was Daisy. I don't know. She... She passed away in her 60s. I mean, Jim McCarty is my age, was 76. So um, anyway, he communicated with her and uh, and you've communicated, you sit with your husband, Christopher. Is that correct? And I'm curious, where does it, what starts, how do you know that it's, it's even possible? Do you go to somebody facilitate that for you? Or do you, does he, do you get those vibrations? Look, guys. Bottom line, it all starts with us. So again, do you want to direct yourself to know it's possible? Mm. Or do you want to direct yourself to be in doubt? Because the more you know it's possible, the more even a reader that you go to, the more information they can extrapolate because there's no barriers of resistance up mm. within you, right? But uh, my father, you know, my father, when I was a senior in high school, committed suicide, blew his head off. Yeah. And two days afterwards, I was up in my bedroom and I looked over at my mirror and there was this light in it. And the light left the mirror and hovered in the middle of the room. And I heard, not the way we're hearing each other, but I heard, and he, he used to call me button nose. He said, button nose, this isn't your fault. This was my journey. This was my choice. I just want you now to go live the happiest, most fulfilled life you can. Just know that I'm okay. Mm. Mm. So Christopher, my husband, Christopher, after he suddenly died before 55, you know, I, I asked him for messages. Well, one of the biggest messages is when I was getting remarried. And I said, Chris, just let me know you're giving me your blessing to do this. Every clock in my house, every clock stopped at five minutes and four. You told that story on the TED Talk. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. But they're always communicating with us. But you have to be open to receive. Uh, after my mom died, my stepdad said he was just going through really tough. And I said, Papa Jay, 
look for the signs. What kind of flowers did mommy love? Oh, red roses. She always wanted me to bring her red roses. I said, okay, so look for red roses. So he loved to go driving by himself. And he was out uh, and he stopped at, you know, one of those places out there, rest stop, to go to the bathroom. He's walking to the men's room and there's one long-stemmed red rose right in his path. <laughs> now, what are the odds? <laughs> yeah. My brother, my older brother died in May. I said to him a couple of weeks ago, you know, it's been a while since I heard from you. I'd really like to know you're around. The first sermon that he ever preached, he played for everything there is a season, a time for this. Yeah. yeah. Ecclesiastes, yeah. The next two days, I heard that song 11 times. From the birds, the birds version of it? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. So I have no doubt and no question in my mind. They're with us. They're loving us. They're guiding us, but they're not interfering with our free will. Hmm. It's They can't. God doesn't interfere with your free will because he gave it to us and she wants us to use it. <laughs> she certainly does. <laughs> you know, to learn about our own power hmm. and how we can create with it. And I, you know, that's why I had to write Born hmm. because I was working with so many people who, they study it, they read about it, they talk about it, but they don't know how to live it. Yeah. If you don't live it, you don't get it. And born is just such an easy set out formula about all the steps of creation that anybody needs to know. That's wild. Can we can we take a, a deep? We'll get beat up if we don't ask a showbiz question. <laughs> so, yeah, fine. <laughs> so, ET was notorious. I, I mean, one of the not notorious. One of the uh, famous, I guess, incidents was that Henry Thomas, his little boy. I don't know how old was he when he did that. Like five. I think maybe? he was uh, eight or nine. Oh, eight or that old. Okay, but that to get the reaction and all that kind of thing that Steven Spielberg would like offset he would do he would i don't know dress up or make faces or do kind of things to how did they get how was it for you working with you know basically a, an innocent who who doesn't know any of the showbiz techniques and things like oh that? but you see the kids are naturals yeah they do it every day <laughs> they do it every day they play pretend every day oh, it's not a big deal to them and then we grow up and we go, oh, where am I going from? Where am I? <laughs> yeah. You know, what's my motivation? And the kids just go, all right, you be the crocodile this time. I'll be Peter Pan. <laughs> right? So I love working with kids. Uh, they're always in the moment. They're always new. The, the strategy that Stephen used the most in working with the kids, which 
also worked great for me because I love to work in the moment and not think about what I'm doing uh, is he would roll the camera and he would give them directions like, okay, to take a bite of your hamburger. So your mouth is like this, right? <laughs> and, and look at Henry and then look at Mary and go, where's Mexico? <laughs> and when, when you keep a little kid in the moment like that, they're all very real. Henry, Henry was a natural. Henry was just a natural actor. It was like working with another adult. And Robert McNaughton was brilliant, the older brother. Just brilliant. So, but you know, E.T., it's no accident that I was hired to play the mother in E.T. because it's all about the work I do now. Mm. Keep your heart open, stay yeah. in love, have a clear intention of where you want to get to. I mean, the whole movie is really about what I teach now. And I created that movie with exactly what I talk about in Born. I didn't even audition for E.T. Really? Stephen just called and offered it to me. Yeah, unheard of. It's unheard of. Oh, my God, that doesn't happen. Well, you know, most women my age in the business aren't doing five films in two months either. But I don't have any belief that an older woman in my business can't work. I think that's BS. So, yeah, you know, as you believe, it's delivered to you, right? So before E.T., you were into the this openness and love? thing that you've now well i was learning yeah yeah i was learning i was studying a philosophy called conceptology which my husband christopher stone got me interested in and it reminded me that when i was little i used to channel all the time but it was teaching us how to consciously create our lives it's, it came way before the secret and all that stuff, right? And so that opened up my channel again. And then when Christopher died, I, I dropped to my knees. And I said, I don't want to be pissed off. I don't want to be a victim. I want a way we can heal ourselves. Okay, so I was asking, right? And like that, the first message came in, use the light that is within you to heal yourself. Mm. <laughs> and I've been learning about it ever since. It's like the ET finger, you know, the man. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly <laughs> like all the messages from ET and Peter Pan, think happy thoughts and you fly, right? I forget. And the Wizard of Oz, you had the power all along, Dorothy. You did, but we have to accept it. We have to go, yeah, I am my power. Yeah, I love my power Be because I know that my consciousness is so high that the more powerful I get, 
the more love and joy I put out to the world. Mm. So it's your choice of what to do. See, most people don't want to be powerful because they think power is force. Mm. And they associate it with all the a-holes out there that they don't want to be. But true power is Gandhi, Mother Teresa, even Oprah. Yeah, there was a philosopher, I forget his name should escapes me, but uh, he said so many people subscribe to the notion, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. And he flipped it and said, no, you'll see it when you believe it. That's right. Right, right on. Yeah. And it... I'm telling you guys, miraculous things happen. Miraculous things happen. So, you know, you watch my TED talk. I talk about how a child's brain, our brains are locked in by eight years old around our self-esteem, how we see ourselves, how we think the world sees us. Eight years old. So... If everybody goes back to conception through eight years old and sees what they were verbally taught or modeled to them, you'll see pretty many, pretty much all your walls that you keep hitting now. All of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, no, I know. And so my parents made me do this. My parents said that. <laughs> I mean, we died. Yeah. We all regurgitate that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Over and over and over again. And then that becomes our reality because we've sent it out so much into the universe. I mean, I can hear my grandmother say, they're the rich people. We're the good people. <laughs> well, cut to doing ET and I'm the bell of the ball and all these offers are coming in and I'm making all this money. And I went, Oh my God, I'm one of them. Mm. Now what do I do? Mm. So I, I had to find a way to knowing that it's not about the money. It's about what your consciousness chooses to do with your money recenter yourself right yeah Yeah. and and again it comes back to choice everything everything the first principle of creation is you have to choose and everybody thinks they have and hardly anybody has well, it's interesting. we're both visual artists and uh i mean the metaphor is every brush stroke is a choice you know, there you go. Um, well, write a book on the brush strokes of your life. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's been fantastic. I don't know if we can do, we are almost out of time, but I'm curious about maybe if you have a minute or two. Uh, yeah. You want to talk about Bupa La Palu? Is that the way I <laughs> pronounce it right? Or Bupa La Palu? Bupa La Palu. Bupa La Palu. It's so funny. Kids say it so easy. Yes. Uh, this oh, is Bapalapalu. Bapalapalu. It, it's the first in a series teaching children um, the principles of creation. Because you see, if they can get it as a child, they don't have to go back and talk about all this and try and work their way out of all their traumas and all that stuff. 
So that's okay. So you're so that's available. Okay. And then so cute. Babalabalu and Born are on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. And if you want a signed copy, uh, you can uh, contact me through my website at imdwallace.com. And I'll sign it and ship it off to you. Oh, great. Let's do that. How did you come up with that name, which I can't pronounce? (laughs) Babalabalu. I got it now. There you go. You got it. Where did you get that from? Yeah, where did that... You know, it came through my channel. Mm. I know that sounds weird. No, great. But kids just get it like that. And they have so much fun. There's actually a little girl on TikTok who uh, got the book. She says, I'm so excited to read Bapalapalu. <laughs> and she said it exactly right the first time. Yeah. It makes you smile to say it. Yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? But, you know, we get into our heads and go, well, how do you sound that out? And <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff that adults do that kids go, eh, screw it. It's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, thanks so much. It's very inspiring. Yeah, incredible. I encourage everyone to... Check out and go to your TED Talk and buy your books. Born, right? I I can guarantee your listeners that if they apply what's in Born, their lives will change. That's good enough for me. Thank you so much, David. Yeah, you bet. So much love to you both. It's been a lot of fun. And to everybody listening. Thank you. Take care. 